learning to forgive y'all welcome to black hollywood live i am tyler tyson and this is the red table talk after show we're talking all things forgiveness on this show so make sure you get your tissues and your notepads because i am going to help you get your entire life together keep it locked you're tuned into black hollywood live the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture tune in right now Hey, hey, y'all, welcome, welcome, welcome to Black Hollywood Live, the Red Table Talk after show. I am your man, Tyler Tyson. And uh, before we even get into everything, my girl, Tyler Simone, is not here today, but I am joined by, joined by this fabulous, amazing human being that I have been dying to talk to. We've actually never had a full-blown conversation. We run into each today other in the be streets. The day. But today is that day. Y'all yeah. give it up for my man. Mr. MJ Harris. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I've wanted to come here. I drive by here all the time, and I said, they need to have me on here. I, all right? Listen, from your mouth <laughs> to God's ears, it is here, it is happening, and I am so happy that you're here. Yeah. I had to get you every time. So MJ came by a radio show mm-hmm. that I do with Chris and Ben, and I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time you're around, I'm never around. Yeah. Yesterday, we just happened to bump into each other, mm-hmm. and the stars just aligned perfectly. Perfect. And I was like, we're talking forgiveness on the show. Who is the best person? MJ. So let's jump right yeah, into this. Yeah, let's do it. So have you seen this episode of Red I Table have. Talk? I thought it was really great. What did you think overall of the episode? I thought that it was so raw because I think that it talked about some of the uncomfortable aspects of forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is not an easy road. It's mm. a necessary road, yes. but it's not an easy road. Yes. And I'm going to ask you, so we have various segments on the show. Mm-hmm. At the end of the show, we do something called Real Talk. Okay. And in that, we get real personal and yeah. we talk about some of our own. So I'll ask you about some of your own struggles or people that Absolutely. you've had to forgive later on in the show but uh, one of the things that I want to talk about is that the brother Caleb they were mm. Jada and Caleb were going back and forth talking about uh, forgiving their father who passed away yeah. he had a serious drug addiction mm-hmm. and Caleb said that he thinks that above everything else the hardest person to forgive is yourself Mm-hmm. I agree. Why, why is that? Well, you know, I was uh, because the reality is in order to forgive yourself, you've got to be aware mm-hmm. that you need to forgive mm-hmm. yourself. I was talking to someone the other day. She had the, a really huge heartbreak. She said, I was with this man um, for years. He treated me poorly. It became toxic. He became a little physical at a certain point mm-hmm. in time, eventually cheated on her. And it was to the point where she had to eventually leave him. She says, I'm struggling to forgive him. I'm struggling so bad. And I said, here's the thing. Forgiving him is not the key to closure. Yeah. Forgiving yourself is the key. She says, what do you mean? I said, do you, have you forgiven yourself for the fact that you chose him? Have you forgiven mm-hmm. him for the fact that you accepted him back? Have you forgiven him for the fact that you entertained his foolishness continuously and consistently and ignored your good instincts and ignored, ignored other people's advice? Because I'm sure other people told you to leave this thing. Right. And so to me, forgiving yourself is so hard because I think a lot of people don't understand that we really do hold a lot of, we do hold resentment towards ourselves mm. in situations where we feel that we could have made alternative choices. Yeah. And that's what they talk about in the show. It was like so many different points where he was like, you know, I had to just realize that this is just who he is. And, and really my disappointment and my anger and my frustration mm-hmm. was because of the fact of the expectations that I placed on him. Mm-hmm. And when he didn't meet those expectations, I felt let down. I, I felt betrayed. Thing. I felt all of those. So how do we not 
put those expectations on people? Well, I think that the reality is I had the same thing. You know, a very, very close relative of mine um, went from being um, a drug addict, so addicted to cocaine, then to crack. Mm. And then after crack went to alcohol and it's been alcohol for decades now. And I have wished for him to be different for so long, for so long, so much so that I even said, if you are drunk, don't call me. I would avoid flying out to see them and everything like that. And what I had to do is I had to forgive him for who he is. Mm, mm, At mm. the most of all, forgive myself for my lack of willingness to accept who he is. Here's the thing. When we get into forgiving for, for, for forgiving ourselves and moving into acceptance, acceptance does not mean that you like yes. the person's choices. Yes. Acceptance means that you accept that this is who the person is and you're willing to allow them to be who they are. Yes. And you choose to have a relationship with them that works within that <sighs> and with your, with your own boundaries as well that work for you. You touched on something that I, you know, I don't say much about sexuality and any of that uh, gayness or anything yeah. but one thing that I will say that I have always struggled with just in hearing politicians and hearing people talk about tolerance mm-hmm. and how you know I'm tolerant about this person I'm tolerant about someone's religious beliefs I'm tolerant mm-hmm. about their sexuality it's like no that's not the goal mm-hmm. the goal should never be being tolerant because then mm-hmm. it sounds like you're doing someone a favor no. then it sounds like you know I don't like this still but I'm just gonna deal with when you accept someone yes. whether you like it or not, it doesn't affect you I accept this person for what they believe in what they think so why I'm just happy you said that I'm, that, that know, like sparked me, something for me here's the thing that makes acceptance work acceptance with boundaries mm. so I can accept you as you are my boundary is that I may not want to interact with you under certain circumstances right. so I can accept you as you are but I don't want to have certain types of conversations with you I can accept this person from speaking about my family I can accept him as he mm. is but I don't want to speak with you on the phone when you are drunk or yeah. I don't want to spend yeah. too much time around you when you're in that state of mind so that's my boundary and I think that once people understand that with acceptance acceptance is not you saying I'm going to tolerate you acceptance is simply saying I want to find a way to have a relationship with you that respects my boundaries and it allows you to be who you are until you decide to be something different yeah and then also another thing that I, I've been thinking about um, on this show, on previous shows, we've talked about deal breakers in relationships. We talk yeah. a lot about relationships yeah, on the show. Imagine. And I feel like everyone has that breaking point. Everyone has that moment where if this person says or does something, we can't really come back from that. I can forgive you, but it'll never be the same. And everyone that, has that moment where they're confronted with and they have to test that that thought. Say these are my deal breakers. That's it. But what happens happens when it happens? Yes. And Mm -hmm. so in listening to Caleb and Mm -hmm. Jada talk about their father, the father at one point said something to Caleb about um, something to the effect of, I would rather get high than be your father. Mm. Like something Mm. so traumatic to say to a child. Mm That would be almost, I don't, I haven't been in that situation. So I could assume that would be a deal breaker for me. It would be so hard for me to get over that. So in the spirit of forgiveness, Mm. how does one get to a place that you say something so hurtful? How do, how are we expecting someone to forgive that? Because it was never about you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not to, now, I'm not saying that to say that you need to remain in a relationship with that person at that point in time, but let's say that things come to the point where they are trying to rectify this relationship and the person comes back and says, I'm sorry for saying that I didn't want to be your father or that I would rather be in a relationship with drugs more than being in a relationship with you. I think that where forgiveness comes into play is, first of all, accepting that by not forgiving them, the past is not going to be any different. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change the past by not forgiving them. You are not in any way, shape, or form 
sticking it to the mini harder, you're hurting yourself. Yeah. And the other thing that we need to remember is that we ourselves have all made mistakes, some intentionally and most of them without any intention at all. We do the best we can based on where we are. We are all operating with our own traumas and our own scars. And I think that once we can understand that and have a level of empathy towards someone to be able to say, okay, I recognize where you were at mm-hmm. when that happened. Mm-hmm. Then I can then I can move to the space of being able to say, I forgive you. Because forgiveness is the gift to myself. Now, in forgiving you, that may not necessarily mean I want to be in a relationship with you mm-hmm. again, okay? I was in a relationship years ago. He beat my behind. It was terrible. It was an awful relationship. Oh, it was a physical. Uh, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely physical. Okay. I remember I got pushed outside of a car. Literally. And this man came to me. I was speaking at an event. And he came up to my table. I had not seen him in years. And he came up to my table. I haven't seen him in years. So he comes up to my table and says to me, hey, baby. And I said, hi, how are you? And the first thing, my heart started pumping, pumping, mm-hmm. pumping, pumping, pumping. And I said, hi, how are you? And I realized he, he can't do anything to me now. And so he says, I just want to let you know um, I'm really proud of you. And I'm sorry for what I did to you all those years. And I, I said, I appreciate that. And I accept your forgiveness. I accept your apology. And then he says to me, cool. He's like, he's like, I would love to hang out with you again. I said, I'm not going to be able to do that. I forgive you, darling, but I don't want yeah, you anywhere close to my to life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know if you're toxic now. Toxic. I don't know where you're at in your life today. You could be feeding hungry kids on the side of the street. I don't want you in my life. I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Forgive you, baby. I've released that. I don't want you in my life. You have the right to forgive somebody while still not giving them access to yeah. you. That's freedom, isn't it? Yeah. So n- now my thought is okay. In listening to so many, so many questions I have as mm-hmm. you're going, shoot them all. Um, so as we're trying to help these people deal with, because I know forgiveness is not easy, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and we try to decipher between forgiving and and work like in a father, son, daughter, whatever situation. If mm-hmm. it's your parent, clearly you don't always want to x them out and be done. Sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need to. Yeah. But the the. The norm or, or, or like what we try to do is not go down that road. Yeah. But with a significant other relationship or whatever, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like, oh, if they did you wrong. You know, especially you get your girlfriends or whoever to hype you up. They did you wrong. They did this. They, let them go. You got us. You'll be First fine. First of all, you don't need to be taking no kind of forgiveness, no kind of relationship advice from somebody who's A, not in the same kind of relationship as you. You listen to your single friend who can't keep a man about how to deal with yours. That don't make no sense to me, you know? And so to me, what I say is this, your first stop when you're in a relationship, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, one of the conversations I have with them from Jump is I say, our relationship is our vault. Now, that's not to say we can't talk to nobody because right, you do need right. outside feedback, Preach, right? M- but our J. relationship is our vault, yes. okay? And we're going to work through things together. And if we can't work through things together, then we're going to call in a licensed clinician to help us. We're going to call in a therapist to help us out through this whole thing. I'm not going to go to my mom about our relationship. Why? Because my mom going to always say I'm right. Yes. You don't need to be going to your best friend because your best friend going always. to you, you right. and vilify me, yes, you yes, know, yes. and it's so funny. Me and my best friend, we have a pact, and our pact is this when we're in relationships, even though we may talk to each other about what's going on in a relationship, our pact is that we will never ever vilify the other person's partner. Because here's the thing after everything's gone through and you get through it and you've forgiven him, everybody else is still mad, exactly. So, we don't do that, yeah. and so with that said, we're selective about what we share with one another about our about whoever we're with because we don't want to create a circumstance where it's going to create something awkward. So I say you start with each other, then move to a licensed clinician. Couples therapy is a beautiful thing. Take advantage of it. Mm. Whew. That's a lot right there. Mm-hmm. So how does one even, like in relationships, so as I was saying, when when, when someone in your relationship does or says, so I, I know someone, mm-hmm. y'all know I'm good for knowing people. No I know someone where her husband literally told her, I was never in love with you. Mm-hmm. 
And I, he never said that he's in love with her now, but they're still. Why is she still with him? They're still going. They're still. They Let me are tell you, still. They're still going. So it's like when do, when do you make the decision? And then the the, the yeah. excuse is, oh well, I only say this. You don't, I only say this because you made me mad. Like. Uh, in That's the, sadistic. In the in the episode, they talk about how yeah. he talked about how the dad, when he would get mad at his father, his justification for why he said what he said is because I'm an addict. And it's like, well, that is true. You are an addict, but it's like I still can't let you slide for what you said. And so I, I liken mm. that for these relationships. Mm. People always have a reason. I only say this. If you tell someone when you say this or do or do this, it hurts me. But then. When you get mad, you go right to that. How am I supposed to forgive that? So I'm going to take a step back, okay? okay? In that dynamic for this person we're talking about or anyone in that kind of dynamic where someone continues to traumatize you, they continue to assault you rather as verbally, emotionally, or otherwise, and you continue to be there, this isn't about how I can forgive you. This is about what is going on with my own unresolved trauma mm. while I'm choosing to stay here because we only tolerate what we believe that we deserve. I don't care if you don't like it, you still believe that you deserve it because you wouldn't be mm. tolerating this whole thing, okay? And so to me, when I was in my worst relationships and I was forgiven and forgiven and forgiven, the reality is that my self-esteem, my self-value was so low that I thought it's easier to stay with you than it is to find somebody new. And here's the problem with that logic is, is that I was too, I, I was assigning my value to being in a relationship so much that I couldn't conceptualize being without you because the idea of conceptualizing being single, I need mm. to have somebody. And so you got to get to the root of your self-value. Anytime that we tolerate abuse, my camera's here, yeah, anytime that we tolerate abuse and mistreatment, it is the direct reflection of how we feel and how we value ourselves. So before we can get to the stage of forgiving the person for what they did, we need to get to why we're allowing ourselves to be abused yes, in this instance. Yes, All right? Yes. Yeah, all of that. That is so that is so so true. So how does one even begin to go down that journey to figure out like, okay, I realize now cuz I do think people are smart. I do Absolutely. think they get it after a while, maybe after the some. second or third time, some they get it. And so it's like when you realize, okay, I have the propensity to do this i always fall back I, mm -hmm. like how does one even begin to go inward and figure out what is wrong with me that causes me to keep going back down this road so i think that one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that when you are in those moments and you find yourself about to make the decision to go back to something or you find yourself about to make a decision that's putting you back into that same cycle whatever that may be whatever it may be what i think you have to first do is that you first have to look at what and what emotion am i feeling and where am I feeling it in my body? This is key. So I'm feeling anxious, anxiety in my stomach right now. All right. Okay. So with that anxiety, what does this feeling remind me of? And one of the questions I ask people about is I say, what is the earliest time in your life where you remember feeling that feeling, that feeling of anxiety? That feeling of whatever that you're associating okay. with this moment. Mm -hmm. And they may say, well, I remember feeling this way when I was a child dealing with my parent or mm -hmm. dealing with my whoever. It always goes back to childhood stuff. Okay, so now we've identified with the, where this feeling is rooted in. How do these similarities match? Okay, well, I'm about, to, I, I'm about to take back John, who has been abusive to me and treated me poorly. And this reminds me of when I would always forgive my father mm. for beating up my mother, mm. right? And so with that said, what we can get to the root of is that you learned how to normalize dysfunction. You learn how to forgive an abuser based on that point what in time you in your life. So you're just acting out what you learn. And now that we've identified the root of it, now you've got a choice. Do you want to continue this pathology? Yes. Do you want to yes. continue these choices? Or do you want to make an alternative choice at that point in time? So it's identifying what am I feeling? 
And what is the earliest point in my life that I remember feeling this way mm-hmm. and how are these sim- situations similar? And then process forward from there. I'm t- I can tell you this in a quick bite because I teach this every day. But what I'll tell you is in order to process it, it is a journey. It is a road. Right. Okay, because you're not going to do something for 30 years one way and change it right. in 30 yeah, seconds. Not going to happen. Therapy is a great resource. Yeah. I, 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 mm-hmm. I've always said I think that therapy above anything else, I feel like people should just be in therapy anyway because there's so much stuff that happens to us that it might not affect you short term, but it's mm. over time, Absolutely. it festers. And if you just are there just getting it out, talking to someone that can kind of just point you in the right direction to kind of fix some mm-hmm. of all of that, you'll have such you a better You know what my life. deal breakers is? What is that? If I go on a date with a guy and he says to me, I don't do therapy and I would never do it. Because my thing is, at some Your point mind, in time, yeah. we're going to hit a bump in the road. It don't have to be terrible, mm-hmm. but we hit a bump in the road, and we may need some outside assistance. Yeah. I don't know the best way. You don't know the best way. Don't you think we should work with somebody who can help us, yeah. even if it's just two or three sessions? Yeah. So when I hear that, I'm good. Yeah, your I'm mind, good. You, your mind isn't even in a place where no. we can go anywhere. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Another thing they talked about on the show, uh, the Victim Club, and Ooh. Jada was talking about how you have to be careful about being because it's so a lot of people. I know quite a few. Mm-hmm. A lot of people they love to play. The victim. They will say, well, I only did this because you did this to mm. me. Had you not done this to me, I would not do this to you. And it's like they they revel in it. Anytime that they can throw up the fact that you hurt me in this way. And you know now, why, though, right? No, t- tell me. People like to play the victim. And I shouldn't say like to play the victim because I think that's, that's I probably think not. They know, I don't think they even know how to They're the time. comfortable in being the victim because there's safety in the victim being the victim. And also there's freedom. Uh, there's believes freedom in them because you don't have to take responsibility for anything. I'm this way because you yep. hurt me. I wouldn't have said this had you not done. I'm playing the victim, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's the victim. And so and when I'm a victim, I have no sense of responsibility. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I actually did a video recently about this. I talked about how I was raped at as a teenager and how that really did dim my light for a while and for years I was a victim you know I don't trust men because of this I don't this because of that it, it was always come it came back to that and did I have real trauma absolutely mm-hmm. did it cause real scars absolutely but here's the thing that I also absolutely had to recognize that I had a choice in was the story that I was telling myself about what happened to me and so I was able to step out of being a victim by changing my by changing the story that I was telling myself about myself and what happened to me rather Rather than I was a victim of this, I was a victim of that. What it was is no, I was victimized right. by someone. Right. But I am not a victim. What I am is I'm a survivor and I'm a person who has a choice in how I interact with the world. And my willingness to trust or not trust people will come down to me at the end of the day. It comes down to me choosing people who are trustworthy rather than believing that everyone's not trustworthy and I'm just this little old victim yeah. in the world. It's, it makes you powerless. Yeah. And I think that that's why people hold them to the victim card because it's easy to stay there. And you know, such a, on the flip side of that, something that just gives you so much power and so much strength. And I think living in LA kind of really helped me not necessarily perfect it, but I'm definitely mm-hmm. an expert. I'm getting to perfection is being able to celebrate and identify what's right. Mm-hmm. Because part of the whole victim club is you're, you're stuck on what, what happened, mm-hmm. what's wrong. But if you just look at the other side of that, mm-hmm. what were some of the positive? Because even some of the most traumatic things in life, there's some positive that it teaches you how to do this. It teaches you how to do it. It has made you this. It has made you like, I just feel like if people could learn to look at what is going right a lot of the victimization, it makes it easier to forgive. It makes it easier to forgive and helps you to see the beauty in your story. For me, when I look back at what happened to me, I became so depressed, mm-hmm. um, became so uncomfortable with you said my a body. Teen. How, how old of a team? Like, um, 14. 14 oh. is when it first happened. First happened, same person, multiple times. And 
when that happened to me, I became very ashamed of the way that I looked because the person always complimented the way that I looked. And for me, I associated being attractive in any way, shape, or form as something that would attract um, someone to hurt me. So I would wear baggier clothes. I would not get my hair cut very often and everything like that. And one of the things I did as a coping mechanism because I was so depressed and I was afraid of becoming suicidal, I would watch um, inspirational videos in the morning as a way to get me ready for school, just to help me to get ready for the day because I just need something to get me through. And it was through watching those that I had a light bulb moment um, by age 17 where I said, I would love to do this one day. I'd love to help people. And here I am today. Nine and a half million viewers every single month. And it was because of what happened to me. So I would say if if the past could happen all over again, I wouldn't change one thing. Because the beauty in my story was that that valley was a precursor to a mountain that I was about to go up. And it's it's a beautiful beautiful view from up here. But I would have never climbed that mountain had it not been for me being in that valley. Did you go that entire time without telling anyone? Like, was that like a big secret that you were carrying with you that entire time? I will tell you this. I told a relative initially it was completely mishandled when I told them they did not really anything about Mm -hmm. it. They really didn't. Um, So I kept it to myself. Kept it to myself. And then I was ashamed. I thought it was my fault. Um, Which I think a very common mindset for people who've been victimized. Years later, I was just about to go off to college. I was watching Oprah and she did a um, she was talking about being sexually abused and she talked about how secrets will allow shame to remain in your life. So I wrote a letter on a piece of paper just like this, wrote it out what happened to me. I walked in my mother's room, handed it to her, and she, I sit there and she, and she read. And I recommend that to people if you have something to say. Sometimes writing a letter can be helpful. So much, it can be easier too. It can mm-hmm. be if you can't verbalize it. Sometimes it's easier to get it down yeah. on paper. Yeah. And she read it and she said, "Who knew?" I told her who knew. Of course, she went off on mm-hmm. whoever knew, mm-hmm. and um, and we dealt with it from there. And I got into therapy. And so I'm assuming the therapy is what led to the forgiveness of that individual. Do you think you would have arrived at the forgiveness? It took a that? very long time for me to forgive him. I wasn't. I didn't. I'm 34 now. I didn't forgive him until I was about 31. Okay, I thought I was over it. I'm doing videos, yeah. big old audience featured by Oprah, there. and I still hadn't forgiven them. Yeah. And so what allowed me to forgive him was the fact that I kept on seeing myself end up in relationships where I was being victimized over and over and over again. Because I was in the mindset of still being a victim, mm-hmm. I was attracting predatory exactly. people. You're- People the same are thing that you didn't weakness. want. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I said, I'm tired of being in terrible relationships. This cannot continue to be my story. So the only way that I can change my story is by dealing with the root of why my story is the way it is. And the root of it was that I was victimized and I had significant trust issues and self-value issues. And so I had to get back into therapy to work through that. And that's what allowed me to forgive him. And you just said something that kind of said what I was saying earlier is that when you can control or you get your mind around the fact that you literally are in control of your life absolutely if you are let's say a a passive person or a shy person or whatever it is you can change that you can if you don't like the life that you're living whatever that life is Mm. you have the power to change it and you can you mean when you want to be no one's told, you don't need anyone's permission to be who you want to be. I was about to say, you did a video about I that. Certainly tell, did. tell the people. You don't need nobody's permission to be who you want to be. If people don't like it, and I'm trying my best not to cuss, because you know, when I go and I start cussing, but I'm not going to. And so when you want to be whoever you want to be, you tell those people, forget you. Mm-hmm. Feel them, but mm-hmm. forget you. I'm going to be who I want to be. If you want to come along in this ride to the new me, then be, then come along um, with me. If you don't like it, then then find us in you. I, I, when people say to me, oh, you've changed, or I think to myself, aren't we, we supposed, supposed to? to? Why haven't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's Why a problem you? that you have not changed. Yeah, like we catch evolved. Yes. Catch up, baby. Yes. The more you know, the more you should be changing. So to me, I've learned that. And that's one of the most beautiful things about uh, living in L.A. is that because I'm so far from people who I knew growing up, I didn't feel bound to yeah. be anything like uh, to be whatever their version means right. what they, they expected. Yeah, absolutely. I, oh, gosh, I could mm. literally sit here and talk to MJ forever. But let's go ahead and jump into our Mr. and Mrs. Smith Entertainment News Update. Hey, all right. I love it. This is Willow Smith right here, overthinking your instrumental. And I'm your man, Tyler Tyson, with your Mr. and Mrs. Smith News Update. MJ is going to chime in from time to time about this. So let's go ahead and get into this. Oh, maybe we should put this on. Oh, yeah, come on. Come on and join the, the grooves. So first things first, um, this weekend Willow had an amazing performance somewhere um, and and the entire family came out to support her and all of that, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, First things first, MJ, tell the people about you because you are Mr. Entertainment also, media and entertainment. Tell them about your page, where they can find you, what's on, what they're gonna find, all of that good stuff. So you can find find me on my YouTube page, which is watchmjharris.com. That's www.watchmjharris.com. And what I always tell people is, I say I literally live my life to help you live your best life, and I do that through doing original content. It's inspirational, it's motivational, it's very raw and very real. Nothing's too packaged about it, but it's designed to inspire you to live the best life that you can live financially, emotionally. And spiritually, and you know, for me, I'm growing my YouTube, but for me, across all of our platforms, I'm so blessed. We reach about nine and a half million every month. What? That is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And listen, as I've Mm. said at the top of the show, you and I have seen each other in passing. Of course, we've had conversations Mm -hmm. at events, but never just a sit down. I am one of those people. I follow MJ, Mm -hmm. and I absolutely love your videos. They're inspirational. They're hilarious. The fitness journey with the guy that y'all thought they thought y'all was in a relationship, but it's not. It's like there's stories. Storylines yeah. at your page. It's amazing. So yeah. I, I definitely admonish everyone to go check out his page. Yes. And so moving on, uh, Willow posted this kind of, it wasn't cryptic, but just like this nice little message on her page. And she said, all that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is changed. I thought that was just such a beautiful thing for an 18-year-old. It's, it's profound. I think that when you can embrace change, you can you really position yourself to become, do, and have anything that you desire to become, do, or have. People who are stuck in a yes. fixed mindset of this is who I am, ain't gonna never be no different. I, when people tell me, well, that's just who I am, I think this is such a low vibrational person. Bless your heart, but you're such a low vibrational person. We have no space for each other in one another's lives. You have to know change is possible. Isn't it's that empowering all, yes, to know that? And it's all it's always happening. Like change is the only constant. If you can't deal with change. You're in for a rude awakening. You really are. And I love the idea of change because no matter what's happening in my life, rather it's something in my finances, something in a relationship, something in whatever part of my life, if I don't like it, I can change. So here's my thing. I'm very open about the fact that I'm on my journey to find my king. Okay, we'll probably get a show out That's of this That's also thing. on the I'm page, like, yes, yeah, yes. It really is. I'm very open about this because I think people relate. And for me, I had to look at my, at my journey to say, okay... What is it about my approach to dating and the kind of people I'm attracted to that's not allowing me to attract my king, okay? And I had to look at that to accept some things about myself. And one of the things I found out about myself is that I can be a bit shy, believe it or not. So if I like somebody... I look away. I don't, I'm not going to engage them. I don't. And I had to look at that to accept for myself, wow, you still have some childhood stuff of being that shy little kid. I had to also accept some other things about myself. So I had a thing for, I got to own this. I used to, my best, one of my best friends would say, you would always like 
pretty hood boys. I said, what you mean? Okay. They're pretty and they're from the a, hood. And basically, in terms of their whole, yeah, okay. exactly. Got a little thug in and basically saying, that may not always be the best kind of person to be with because they can't offer, the life's been off your level yeah. commitment that yeah. you want. So I have to own that and deal with that. And fortunately, that's not my taste anymore. But my point is being real with myself about what's not happening in my life that I want to happen. And what changes can I make to attract the yes. things that I want? Absolutely. You got to listen. You got to change sometimes. Also, with uh, with Will, so the first video, it's a video I'm going to talk over. We don't have to play the whole uh, video of him actually out there. But he went on an excursion, and he found um, a plane that went down years ago. And if you listen mm. to the video, he'll tell you who it is. Go ahead. Play the video. Norman's Key in the Exumas. And that's Pablo Escobar's plane back there that crashed. That's right there. And so what I love so much about this is that Will is living his absolute best I love life. He's not worried. I mean, he's still acting and doing everything else, but he is just doing any and everything that he wants. He always has a camera crew with him. They are recording all the time. It feels like we should throw a festival or something here. It just seems like the perfect place. To throw a festival. Oh Lord, child, you know the last festival they did. And, that, festival. and that's exactly what he was joking about. <laughs> I would go, listen, if Will's gonna be there, I'm going. I would go as long as he produced it. And then the next video, so Will, Jada, uh, Jaden, they all went out to support Willow. She just did a show uh last weekend and they it was were there on the su- Sunset Strip. Yeah, they yeah, were there supporting it's beautiful. Take a look. Came off stage. It was fantastic. Jaden, where you going, buddy? Hey, Love it, Dad. All right, so Willow, Jaden was on stage with Willow. It was mm-hmm. really great. She's coming into her own. Did you notice that? How she's really coming in? Yes, self. Yes, her own style. And her own you did a great job of supporting her. Thank you. On stage. I love you. Thank you for love helping the beam. No, thank you. All right, no, it was else. wonderful. You guys both came from, from set. <laughs> thank you. So me and Mommy were looking at you on stage. Just now, Jada, why are you doing all the way down there? Stand up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so babe, say uh, Willow did good. Willow did good, but you know what? That's, that's all you needed to <laughs> say. <laughs> no, this is really like, this. we did good. <laughs> Ah, I dozed off. Sorry, what were you saying? I absolutely love (laughs) seeing them together. They've accepted one another. That's what I love about their relationship. And she talks very openly about this. But that they've accepted. She's accepted him for who he is. He's accepted her for who she is. And they have found a relationship that works works. for them. And I love that. They don't care what people think. Should we ever care what people think? They don't pay our bills. They don't. Don't do nothing for us. Nothing. I don't Mm -mm. understand why people stress over what people have to say. Uh, And I think you did a video on that, too. Absolutely. That might be where I got that from. Uh, Jada just posted this video. I thought it was so cute, so dope. Y'all take a look. I just feel like that should be like a video, like a commercial or something. It's fabulous. Like it's so amazing. I buy a cell phone based on this. I don't this. even know what she's selling, <laughs> but I want it. I love it. And then on the next video, Jaden, um, so ASAP Rocky, you guys know he was locked away in Sweden, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, he just got released and he did a show. Jaden actually came out and supported and did the show with him. Y'all take a look.
another person living his best life. Shaden does whatever he wants to do, how he wants to do it, unapologetically. And I absolutely, even though he's younger than me, he's one of those people I look up to. Like, I just want to be like that. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people don't learn this lesson if they do learn it until much later in life. You know, we talk about the, the older elderly person. They say, she just say whatever she wants to say. What if you could be that way from yeah. jump? Say whatever you, you want to say. Be whoever you want to be. Yeah. You really can. You really can. I quoted on that a long time ago. I used to be so packaged. If you look at my, my old videos, I used to be very packaged. I was in the suit and the tie, blah, 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 blah. blah. Mm. I hated it. Got good numbers from it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to be myself, whatever that may mean. I want to be my full self. And my team actually told me no. They said, you should not do that. Well, they can't tell me I own the company, but they said, you should not do that. I did it anyway. My numbers went up by something like a thousand percent within like self. within six months. Exactly. Being yourself is freeing for you, but it's also more attractive to other people. Yeah, they, I know that they, people relate to it when mm-hmm. you're being yourself. And speaking of that, another side of Jaden yeah. is that he's so about the people and he's all about uplifting the community. He has this thing that he does seems like weekly yeah. where he's feeding the homeless. Take Just a look beautiful. right here in LA. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. And all it says is, it's, I love you. Mm. I love you restaurant. And it's like a food truck and people just come by and get food and, and get just food. handing it out. And it's beautiful. And the final video is Gammy. Um, Cause you know, I don't really show much of, of Adrian on her page, but yeah. she is out here in these streets living her best life, Good getting her. her workout in before they come back for this new season. Take a look. Here we go. Get it, get it, get it. Nice. I see it. I see it. I see it. Gammy's getting it in. She's not playing. I don't know how old nice. she is. I think she said she's in her 60s. She's not playing Good with y'all. Her. So you have a trainer. I have two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Training. Does that motivate you? There's some people that don't like having a trainer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I don't want nobody yelling at me. I don't. Just shut up. Leave me alone. I, got I like looking power. good naked. Let's be clear about that, okay? I hate working out, and none of my team yells at me ever. I'm not the kind of person you want to yell at, because I'm like, you yell, I'm done. And so, but for me, the reality is this. I've made my living in front of a camera for the last 11 years, and when social media became a really big thing, the cameras are right here, so they only see from your chest mm-hmm. up. With us doing my re- my my reality content, all the stuff that's coming to YouTube, the camera is away but, from me. Yeah. You can see my full body, so people realize I'm taller than you may think mm-hmm. I am, but also, I don't want you to be like, he's fatter than I thought. That so part. I got in the fitness. We don't want that. And you out here looking for your king. So you got to be snatched and ready. I'm looking for my king, baby. I, baby, absolutely. I need to be his fantasy. I need to be the thing he was manifesting. I love this man right here. <laughs> so with that, that was our uh, Mr. Mrs. Smith news update. Let's jump into our next segment, which yeah. I have been dying to get to. I've been trying to rush through the show okay. to get to this part, which is our real talk segment. Okay. And you guys that follow us, you know that this is where we just take a topic and we just go in and we get personal. Um, so the topic that I wanted to ask you since we're talking about forgiveness yeah. Who or what? You've kind of told me some heavy mm. things. I can't imagine mm-hmm. anything bigger. What was your your hardest forgiveness? Like, who was the hardest person for you to forgive, and why? It was forgiving myself, yeah. forgiving myself for allowing myself to be in relationship after relationship that was toxic and not good for me. Um, I had to forgive myself because my self esteem was so low. I mean, mm. it was it was just so low. I didn't think very highly of myself. If you just simply wanted to be with me, I felt honored. Mm. I felt honored. I really did. Um, and for me, I exposed myself to a lot of trauma, which compounded the trauma I already had, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, because of a low self-esteem. So the hardest person to forgive was myself, accepting that I did 
all that I knew to do based on the little that I knew. Yeah. Accepting that if I could, if I had known better, I would have done better. Yeah. You know, accepting that that even when people were telling me otherwise, I just didn't have enough self-worth to, to take the advice. You have to have a level of self-worth that's at a certain place to be able to take people's advice. So accepting me for who I was... Because I was keeping in mind that I didn't have to be that person anymore. Yeah. I could accept what I did wrong. I could accept the things I would have done differently. I could accept the abuse and utter just BS that I tolerated once I accepted I didn't have to be that person anymore. Mm. But first, I have to forgive myself. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I, in my real talk moment, um, mine actually, and I don't know if it's, and maybe you can correct me, but I don't know if forgiveness can be accidental or my forgiveness wasn't accidental, but the way that I got there was okay. accidental. So for me, those of you that know me, I think I may have mentioned it on this show. I know I've mentioned it on other shows. I was raised by my dad and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. My mother um, and my dad got divorced when I was two. I've never seen her, never laid eyes on her mm-hmm. as that I can remember. And so growing up for me, I had a phenomenal childhood. Mm-hmm. But the only little damper on it was this lingering thing of, Who's my mother? Where is she? Like, mm-hmm. no, she was in the military. I get these um, child support checks and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. So it's like I get this piece of paper with her name on mm-hmm. it, but I still have no clue who this woman is. And so I saw characteristics in myself. I battled with undiagnosed moments of depression, not really imagine. knowing that that's what it was. Mood swings. I was never violent. I was always the happy. It was almost like. Mr. Jekyll was Dr. Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll Mr. Hyde. You, you suppressed probably the expression of it. I got it. I was like an angel mm-hmm. at school and in front of people, always happy, but behind closed doors, just emotional. And so I got to a point where I realized that this is not hurting anyone but me. And it's mm. like, I am not going to carry this around with me for the rest of my life. So my senior year of high school, I just let it go. I literally forgave. It was a sermon that was that somebody talked about at church, yeah. and it it touched me and mm-hmm. it helped me realize that sometimes people come into your life for a season. Everybody has a different purpose, and just because everybody else's mother does it this way, that doesn't mean that that's how mine is supposed to do it. Her purpose was literally just to get me here. Has she not gotten me here? She could have easily aborted me. And her presence in your life could have been toxic to your childhood. Because exactly. I think about some people whose mothers were there where they wish that that it's, mother had not been yes. there because they were toxic to, their presence was toxic. Yes. And, that, and that's why I, was, I had such a beautiful childhood. And it was like, you would think that somebody that experienced that type of trauma they might not have the best child. My childhood was fantastic. There's That's no beautiful. way I could have had that childhood mm-hmm. had she been there because mm-hmm. everything had to play out. So for that, that was like, oh, yeah, I forgive you. Like, even if I were to meet her, see her, there's no anger. You know what you did? There's no hatred. It's just I would love to hear her side of the story because, mm-hmm. lo- you know, I'm a storyteller. So I love people's story. So I would love to hear her side. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you arrive at this? And then what made that like that putting the puzzle together? But there's no animosity, no anger, no nothing. And you so did a that's, key thing. But I don't know. It's almost You know like, what you did, though? Yeah, tell me. You changed the story that you were telling yourself about yourself. You changed mm-hmm. the story that you were telling yourself about the meaning of your mother not being there. You changed the story that you were telling yourself about your story. When you choose to do that, you literally can change your paradigm within a, moment, within a matter of moments. And that's how I felt. That's exactly how I felt. And that's mm-hmm. why I said it wasn't intentional it just kind of mm-hmm. i stumbled upon this as a teenager mm-hmm. i was like i do not want to carry this with me for the rest of my life i want to go to college and have the college experience i want to live a, a amazing life and just be happy i mm-hmm. want to be what everyone thinks that i am mm-hmm. you know in front of 
the people. Like when mm-hmm. I'm out and about, I want that to really be what it is all the time. I want to take this blockage out. Yeah. I want to take this blockage out. I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. So that, get... that, that's my real talk. Love it. Come on. What else you got? What other, what other moments of forgiveness have you other experienced? Other moments of forgiveness? Well, I think another moment of forgiveness for me was definitely, um, definitely forgiving um, the person who I went to initially about my abuse who did really nothing okay. about it. That was a tough one. Um, for me, because I felt that based on that person's role in my life, that they should have done more. Um, and that was a very hard thing. And I resented them for a very long time about that. Here's what helped me to forgive them. Um, that, frankly, did they make a poor choice? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes the people who were supposed to protect us let us down. Yeah. That is what happens. But what I had to accept was that this person was living in their own brokenness. Mm. Okay? And it was impossible. Well, not I should say impossible. It was highly unlikely right. that they were going to be able to make a good choice about how to handle me when they were making such poor choices for themselves. Here's the thing. People don't compartmentalize the quality of their decision-making. So we're expecting people who make poor decisions in other areas of their life to somehow make good choices when it comes to us. Okay? They cannot compartmentalize the decision-making. If you make poor choices, why would I expect that when it comes to me, you're going to make a different choice? That doesn't make the hurt any different. That doesn't mean that it felt, that, I, that, that it didn't hurt me, but what it lets me know is that you did not pick me out to traumatize me. You did not pick me out to hurt me or neglect me. You can apply this to viewers. You can apply this to your own life, your own situation. That person who let you down, who wasn't all of what you expected them to be, mm-hmm. who wasn't enough, that person who outright abused you, mm-hmm. they didn't pick you out to say, let let me ruin your life. Let me hurt you. They simply brought the same toxicity that they t- take to other, every other part of their life. They brought, brought it, it to you. you. Yeah. And so when I was able to accept that, people would say, this person's so damaged and so broken, they couldn't help but treat me poorly. That helped me to understand that it wasn't about me. Yeah. I just was the person who was who was in their life and in their space at that time. Yeah. But here's where the choice comes in. I get the choice and if I, I want to stay in your life. Right. Or if or once I leave, if I'm coming back. How about that, that part? And I get the choice of who I allow to come back into my life. Here's the thing about trauma and pain. Whatever trauma or pain you go through, it is such an amazing, amazing, amazing teaching. I got I have a really quick lesson I want to share with folks that's so going to help you out to teach you about how to forgive and how to overcome things. The beautiful thing about it is that it equips you to know how to avoid it in the future and how not to deal with it. So here's what I'm going to share with everybody. There are three phases of change. I teach this all over the place, and it's one of the most powerful lessons I've ever taught. Three phases of change. The first phase of change is recognizing what you do or what you allow, whatever that may be, whatever it is you're doing or allowing in your life, recognizing it after the fact. So saying, why do I keep on Mm, allowing mm, people mm, to treat me like this? Why mm -hmm. do I keep on doing this? It's the after the fact. I keep on doing this. Why am I doing this? Then the next phase is recognizing what you're doing while you're doing it. I'm making that poor choice. I'm in the bad relationship. I'm in yet another dysfunctional, poor situation. And I'm saying, wow, I'm in the middle of doing this right now. Mm. I used to have a, ba- a really bad temper. No hitting or nothing like that, but I could pop off, cuss out everybody, and you, da, 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 and you, and you over there too, I don't like you either. You know? And when I, and there'll be moments where when I was in that second phase, I recognized I'm going off. I'm like, why are you going off? again? Now, sometimes I keep going because I right. need to prove my point. Right. But, then I, but then the next phase of change is recognize what it is that you're doing or tolerating or allowing before. 
you mm. do it. Yes. So catching yourself yes. saying, I'm about to go off. I'm about to call that ex to come and kiss the lonely away. Okay. I'm about to make a poor choice. And that's where you have the fullest of power because when you can recognize what you do before you do it, you then can make an alternative choice. And where we get stumped at is that we're expecting to learn how to forgive people. We're expecting to learn how to change, do all that other stuff. And we're still a step one. Yeah. The thing is, you, it's a process. Yes. And until you get to that third step, you're not going to be able to change. So allow yourself to go through the process, trusting that you're still moving ahead. Yeah. Listen. Oh, God. Why does the time have to be up? Because that that message right there is exactly how I live my life. And mm-hmm. I am. it took me forever yeah. to get to the place where I see things happening as they're happening or before, like I see it forming. It's like, okay, I know what's about to happen. Let me move over here. Cause mm-hmm. we're not dealing with this drama anymore. That's power. <sighs> Y'all. I'm so sorry that the episode is over, but I have to thank my boy MJ for coming by. MJ, please tell our audience where they can find you and get more information on all things MJ. All things MJ. So here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to go to, to, go to www.watchmjharris.com. I believe it's the link that's directly below this video. I want you to go there because I've got so many videos on there and my new series, Life with MJ, is premiering in about two weeks on there where it's you're in my life. You're watching me overcome, overcome trials. You're watching me achieve great heights. I've done some great things in my life. I'm surrounded by wonderful people. When you're watching the raw, the real life that I live, that allows me to share these powerful, inspiring lessons with you. I love it. Y'all, please go and follow MJ. Of course, you can get your entire life following me on all social media at the Tyler Tyson. I love you guys so much for tuning in. Of course, any questions or comments that y'all have, drop them below. I will always respond to you. Tyler will be back next week. We love y'all for watching. Peace. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood Redefined.